0: Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Wednesday, April 1st. We begin with a look at the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic across the nation. We get the latest from Mercedes Stevenson, Global's Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block.
1: Next, we look at the impact this global crisis is having on local businesses. We talk with Sandeep Lally, President and CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce.
0: Many local events and festivals have been cancelled or postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We speak with Tourism Calgary about how local businesses and event organizers are trying to weather the storm During this time of uncertainty.
1: Then we explore the new world of education with students moving from the classroom to online learning. Barbara Silva of Support Our Students, Alberta, with some tips on how to set your kids up for success.
0: And finally, COVID-19 has forced the cancellation of many groups and meetings, and that includes Narcotics Anonymous. We speak with a representative from NA who explains how they plan on still helping their members during this difficult time. 709 on the morning news and we're joined now by mercedes stevenson global news ottawa bureau chief and host of the west block good morning mercedes Good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking the time with us this morning. And uh, I want to get to to the uh, point when it comes to that uh, wage subsidy. Yesterday, the Prime Minister talked about it and said that Bill Morneau would have more clarity, more details on the wage subsidy program. It didn't happen. We're hearing that today Finance Minister Bill Morneau will indeed roll out the extra details. Any idea why uh, we had that stutter step and why it's taking longer? No. Well, we
2: don't know why. It was unusual um we're trying to figure that out maybe we'll i'm sure he's going to be asked that question today Mm -hmm. uh so maybe he will disclose that we do know that i mean it's still a program they're really trying to figure out and it's it's we've watched it shift right because they started by saying it was for small and medium-sized businesses then it became for all businesses pierre polyev uh who's conservative mp here in ottawa was yesterday saying that um the way that they're introducing it now isn't allowed. And legislation that they passed last week, um, that public companies are not eligible, and that the Prime Minister had said all companies would be eligible. Uh, so I think there's still a lot of back and forth on figuring out the details of this program. I don't know what specifically was the delay there. Uh, it could have been the costing, too. They have to figure out how much money this is going to cost. It will be somewhere in the billions of dollars. We just don't know where. Um, and that's a question people keep asking the federal government and the finance minister is supposed to answer. Um, and of course there's some pretty big factors like how many companies apply and how many employees those companies have but there's also been some criticism Well, companies welcome it some are saying 30 percent by the time they've lost 30 percent of their income they're not operational anymore Mm. and that that bar is too high so i think there's a lot of things that they are trying to figure out as they go into this and uh, we'll find out some more details on what exactly they've nailed down later today
1: mercedes do they have to go back and do another emergency vote in parliament to pass this thing
2: Yeah, good question, because that's what Pierre Polyev was saying. He's saying um, under the bill that they passed, this particular uh, legislation being proposed by the prime minister, as he did recently, is not covered. So it's not that they're necessarily objecting to what's in it. They're just saying this isn't covered by what we had allowed parliament to authorize without us or the government to do without parliament having to come back to authorize it. Andrew Scheer has a press conference this morning. Um, I talked to a conservative source who told me this is not the focus of his press conference. It's not to get up uh, and say that parliament should be recalled. He will, of course, take questions about it. Uh, But my understanding is that the conservatives are still trying to dig around and figure out if what Mr. Polyev is saying is accurate. Now, Polyev (laughs) has been around a long time. He knows legislation inside and out. Uh, He he went through it with a fine tooth comb to find these points. So it'll be interesting to see how the conservatives deal with that and the liberals. Uh, Um, But, you know, Parliament can be recalled still to pass emergency bills. But the whole point of sitting last week was that they wouldn't have to come back all the time and pass stuff. But this is going to be a lot of money. And if it's not covered uh, by what was under that act last week, then it will have to change. The question is whether or not it actually is covered. That's Mr. Polyev's opinion. We haven't really heard from others yet on on, uh, what their assessment is of the situation.
0: Mercedes, the numbers uh, coming out of Quebec have been jaw-dropping now over 4,000 cases, the closest, well, doubling what Ontario has. And in Quebec itself, uh, I think close to 800 cases in a 24-hour period. Can we point to why it is uh, ravaging and and raging through Quebec? You know,
2: I I wouldn't want to weigh in on that because I'm, I'm not in the medical field Mm -hmm. we've certainly heard um there have been particular communities there where there's been an outbreak and of course once it spreads among a a community especially contained communities it can move very quickly Mm -hmm. um but there's certainly a lot of concern about quebec a lot of discussion about quebec um the other concern is what will happen i mean when you're seeing what's happening in contained communities that are in relatively um you know well-populated areas what happens when it starts showing up on um, First Nations Reserves, Indigenous communities, uh, how that's going to affect things. Because when it's happening in old age homes or, you know, in the Hasidic community in Montreal, in other places, in other communities, they're relatively close to hospitals. That's not the case with a lot of Indigenous communities up north. So that, that is one of the things the federal government is very concerned about and sort of watching... How these spread rates happen once it gets into a community to figure out how the virus works but they were saying yesterday it's really hard to figure out because a lot of people who have it don't know they have it don't exhibit symptoms that are even strong enough for them to notice something's off And as a result, they're out shedding the virus, which is why they're telling people to stay home. It's not just telling you to stay home so you don't get it. If that motivates you to stay home, that's great. But there's a very good chance that people there have it, don't know it and go out and and Mm -hmm. unintentionally infect other people.
1: It's that adage, right? Just assume that you have it and, you know, go about your day that way because it makes more sense that way, doesn't it?
2: Well, that's, what, that's basically the argument. I mean, it's been presented publicly as do it so you don't get it. Of course, we all don't want to get it. But the reality is that uh, when I talk to doctors, they say, look, we're really concerned that people don't realize. It's not just about you not getting it. You might feel healthy, but you could have it and, and just feel like, oh, I feel like slightly, slightly uh, warm today. But otherwise, good. Some people have no symptoms at all and they have it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is easier to spread than people realize it is. And, and you could be a carrier. That also, by the way, Sue, is raising questions about wearing masks. It's something that Canada's chief health officer has been adamant against, uh, Dr. Theresa Tam, saying that the, the average person does not need to wear masks, but there may be changing advice coming from other health authorities. Some health authorities and experts are saying people should wear masks, not to protect them from the virus and not even necessarily an N95 mask, but to prevent them from spreading it when they don't know that they have it.
0: Right. It's it's incredible. Hey, we've talked about the small businesses and the announcement coming from uh, Finance Minister Bill Morneau. And I know personally on my Facebook, I'm seeing those individuals out of work uh, who were having trouble earlier, as recently as Monday, uh, getting into the system, having success. Are you hearing that more and more individual Canadians are having success navigating uh, the uh, many details and the system?
2: You know, in our jobs, we don't tend to hear much about the people who have success. They usually don't contact <laughs> good us. Good point. Very good <laughs> point. <True>. <laughs> <laughs> Although they're welcome to, I'd love to hear some, some happy stories right now. Uh, most of the people who I hear from are, are It's not that they're not having success. It's that often they just they don't know if they qualify, mm-hmm. right? They're, and, and that goes for the wage subsidy program for companies who are kind of going, uh, can I get this? Uh, How do I make it work? And we have a little bit more clarity on that. We're getting more from uh, Bill Morneau today. But one of the things I know that the Prime Minister is going to be talking about this morning um, is, in fact, what's what's happening with the CERB. That's the Enhanced Employment Insurance Benefit. And I get a lot of questions from people, including people who are seniors and people with disabilities who work part-time and they've lost their jobs. And they weren't clear on whether or not they qualified for it uh, under the original announcement. I'm not clear either. So perhaps we're going to get some more clarity on that from the prime minister today
1: all right well we'll be watching it lots of questions still from from a lot of people and maybe some answers coming from the prime minister and we will be carrying the prime minister live when he speaks to the nation at 9 15 this morning so thanks for joining us mercedes always love to talk to you
2: thanks for having me
1: that is mercedes stevenson of course host of the west block and ottawa bureau chief for global News. Coming up on eight twelve, small and medium-sized businesses pummeled by the near shutdown of the economy just recently got a lifeline from the federal government. But is it enough? Will it make a difference here in our city? Joining us now is the president and CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce, Sandeep Lally. Good morning, Sandeep. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. First off, your thoughts on yesterday's Keystone XL pipeline decision.
3: Yeah, no, we made a statement yesterday. It was quite... Uh, welcomed good step forward Mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day we're still need to get our our goods to market and get you know energy and meet the demand and things like that so i think it's really quite a good step forward and um very much welcome to provide some stability into reaching um you know global demand for for energy so it was very good it was also reassuring for folks that are in the oil and gas industry to say okay we 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 have a path forward um and we know that you know tc energy is going to grow and and expand and so i think overall it was really well received um definitely for calgary but also for the larger community on oil and gas to say that you know what alberta is still in the game And this is exactly what we needed to do to to sort of set the tone forward for for growth
0: of that industry. You mentioned reassuring, uh, Sandeep, first of all, uh, but the other part uh, you mentioned in business. Uh, How much outside of our province, maybe even outside of our nation, is it uh, to build that confidence back? Because I think that with uh, uh, so much happening over the past 18 months and wondering where we're going, this does tell the world that we're still in the energy game.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's quite important globally um and also for investors and things like that to say okay, so we can rely on on Canada and Calgary to to make market. We can rely on Calgary to, you know, build large infrastructure uh and that the fact that we can rely on them to get product to market, right? Because they rely on our supply as much as people say we don't need to you know get capture carbon uh, capture demand globally and the fact that things are changing yes things are changing but we're at a point where for um especially for the long term view on this is that we need to meet global demand so i think having keystone do that and for tc energy To really hold the line and not give up is something that investors are going to look at and say, okay, they do have
1: a meaningful way of moving forward. Sandeep, you mentioned the statement that the Chamber released yesterday, and it says that you say uh, we'll need nothing short of reinvention if we're to emerge from these dual crises. Is this reinvention from Alberta, from Canada as a whole? What do you mean by that?
3: Yeah, no, we, we definitely, you know what, Calgary has always been on the front end of this kind of thing. In the sense that you know, we we use our grit, we use our um, you know, just that that it's all within us. Like mm-hmm. we don't really, we really fight forward, and so that's what we we're trying to say there is that you know what, don't don't give up on Calgary as Calgary, but also for our our industry to say there's also innovation happening. So there's oil and gas and innovation. So that's the if you want to say reinvention it's actually where market is and market growth is and so that's why we said yes it's great that we're going to you know get our goods to market and and have that development and you know, all of that to meet the meet the demand. But the other part of it is that our innovation, our larger companies, our mid-sized companies and startup companies around technology and innovation have been doing some great work. And we need to continue to focus on the development of those companies because that coupled with the oil and gas industry, the traditional pieces, is how we move forward. And that's the piece that I think people really forget about calgary is that we are very innovative we have our companies our oil and gas companies agriculture supply chain all have been working really diligently on technology and applying that and that's the piece that we want um our investment community to know but also for talent to know that hey calgary you know we're not messing around we are changing the story uh, towards innovation and oil and gas.
0: Thank you so much for your time this morning, Sandeep. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. That is Sandeep Lawley, President and CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Many major Calgary events in our city have been postponed or they're in jeopardy due to COVID-19. We're joined by Tourism Calgary, Cindy Eighty to discuss the impact of the pandemic on the events planned in our city upcoming. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. It seems like every day we hear about a a different date for events or cancellation altogether. And today we announced that the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo has moved. This is something that not only do we as consumers and uh, uh, people who have tickets for these events have to keep our eyes on, but you must be hopping right now.
4: Well, obviously, we're just like everybody else, watching worldwide events unfold that are bigger than we are, um, but obviously having a massive impact on the tourism industry. I would say it was like the first victim mm. um, from the economy standpoint. Um, uh, and it's pretty well now reached across the board in the tourism
1: industry. But that being said, many many other industries are also being impacted now. Cindy, what do you do in terms of tourism? Do you pull back on? I know you you know Tourism Calgary spends a lot of time and a lot of money advertising around the world to bring people here to our great city. So do you just pull back on all of that, or do you keep that message going? well obviously we've shut down marketing channels
4: right now especially with the you know everybody you know sheltering in place nobody's leaving their homes and that's not just here in calgary that's across the world right now and so You know, you don't run um, marketing messages into that. That would just not make sense at all. And um, you start to pull back on things that you've planned, and you try to see if you can reschedule things that would have perhaps landed in the next month or two um, to see where you think will come out the other side and when things can be rescheduled.
0: One of your greatest partners in the city, the hotel industry. Can you give us an idea of the impact that the COVID-19 crisis has had on uh, local hotels?
4: Uh, it's been very devastating to hotels. Um, you know, as of a week or so ago, they were below 10% occupancy. Many of them are are just shuttering their doors right now. When I saw the Fairmont Palliser close, that gave me a, a moment, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. I think it's been open since 1901. And so to see it close its doors, you really knew that we were dealing with something pretty extraordinary here.
1: We don't have a decision yet from Calgary Stampede, but just, you know, if we look ahead and, and say they do need to cancel or... or shorten in some way what kind of an effect does that have on our city it's massive isn't it well tourism generally is a two
4: billion dollar industry to the city of calgary but stampede is one of those events that many of the people that sit within the industry um, whether they be taxi drivers event whatever it is that they as they sit in the industry they they make their real profit during stampede like they they are open all year but their real profit Uh, for the year, is actually made during Stampede. So the impacts and the effects across the sector are just huge. And so it's a major loss and will be a major loss if it has to cancel um, because it's just that important.
0: Well, fingers crossed that this wraps up sooner rather than later, Cindy, because I know a lot of people depend on it. And, of course, we want to enjoy our city
4: well, and I, I I when I look at it right now you know i'm I'm looking at those little i call them little green shoots, the things people are doing in the midst of a pandemic and being socially isolated that Are, are great. They're kind. They're nice. They're wonderful. They're entertaining. I, I look at the online, um, attractions that are out there right now. The zoo's doing them. The Glenbow's doing them. The science center's doing them. You know, they're still trying in their way to reach out and, um, help people, you know, relieve the stress of being trapped in their house with their children Mm. and, um, and all, in all kinds of ways. And, um, so I do think it brings out the best of us, but for sure, when I look across our industry, A week ago, 66% of them had laid their people off. And I would venture to say that I can't say it's 100% today because there's still restaurants that are delivering. Um, But I would say across the board, attraction, hotel, across this industry, everybody's pretty well home, trying to be safe, trying to do the right thing. But we do look forward to the day when we can actually restore and get back out there.
1: That we do. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks. Bye. That's Cindy Adie, CEO of Tourism Calgary.
0: Oh Man, I I love her optimism. And it is, uh, you know, one of those things where we all want to see the city thriving again. Uh, But it is doing what we can now to stay safe, Mm -hmm. uh, to stay isolated, social distance. uh, But it is having such an incredible impact. And something we touched on earlier, doing what you can to help these businesses during this time, which might not be visiting or uh, dropping dollars in person, but online, whatever you can do.
1: I mean, gift cards, we've talked lots about that. Even, you know, ordering takeout from some of the restaurants that have stayed open. There are ways that a lot of them are, are trying to to keep afloat right now. And we saw stats actually in articles today that, you know, the, the percentage of small businesses that have had to close that think they may not open their doors after this is all over. It's a bit scary, isn't it? It's
0: a very scary time, but again, uh, we're going to get through this and uh, get through it together.
1: Well, with classes cancelled till further notice, parents have a lot of questions. For example, what will happen with the school fees they've already paid out? And how can busy families help their kids with the schoolwork they're starting as of today? Hopefully with some answers for us, we're joined this morning by Public Education Advocate and Communications Director for SOS Alberta. Support our students, Barbara Silva. Hi, Barb. Hi, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. So can you start with that that one about the school fees? Do we know? It, will there be any reimbursement, or how's that going to work?
5: We don't know at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's difficult to say. I think that school boards are sort of reeling, even from the announcement made on Saturday, which they kind of heard about 15 minutes before the general public, that there was going to be $128 million um, removed from their funding, their allotment for the school year. So, I mean, I think that m- most families need, whatever dollar they can have in their pocket going forward. So, and these are services that won't be rendered, such as transportation and and new supervision fees, So, we would hope that those fees would be reimbursed. But to this point, we don't really know.
0: What about part two that uh, Sue mentioned? Busy families giving time to help their kids learn online. I know from experience, Barb, in the sense that I do my job, I come home, and then I'm on as a parent with uh, two toddlers, and my wife is working from home. I'm tired because I've worked a full day and my wife has to try to work around the noise. What are you saying to parents who are into this new normal, which has uh, been thrust upon us?
3: So what we're
5: saying is that we need to get some really grounded perspective here, not only in how we're managing right now, which mm-hmm. is quite stressful. Some some families, as you say, have two working parents who are also trying to mind children at home for whom setting up One computer between two kids might be difficult. We know that some families are getting multiple emails about what's going on at school. This is adding stress to the situation. Um, We are talking to parents about focusing on perhaps a routine which involves going for a walk, um, doing some baking, maybe some reading, writing down what they've heard, keeping a journal, but that academics itself cannot be the priority right now. It's adding stress to a stressful situation. Parents are not necessarily teachers, Mm -hmm. and... And, and we, we need to take a step back from that and make sure that what we're focusing on first and foremost during a health and economic crisis is our families and our, our mental and physical health.
1: And, and you know, you mentioned you know cooking and baking and kitchens, and you know, the, those are lots of everyday worldly things that we can teach our kids. In the meantime, I agree. What was your response when you you, you also alluded to that uh, announcement that came on the weekend? Your response to uh, the uh, twenty thousand education support workers being laid off? Now, the uh, Alberta's education minister says they'll. All be hired back but uh, that's got to be a fear for sos as well
5: it's a huge fear and i think it's um you know it's something that we need to keep an eye on because education assistance what we what we've seen time and time again from this government is an unwillingness or an inability to understand what the lived realities and the day-to-day operations of a school are when this pandemic first um you know first hit alberta there was this um, you know, these recommendations to social distance at schools and to hand wash at schools. I mean, it it was ludicrous as though they had never been inside a an urban high school or they'd never been into a kindergarten class where thirty kids are touching the same things <laughs> over and over again. Um, the same thing is true when it comes to educational assistance. Educational assistance now more than ever are helping teachers keep relationships and communications communication lines open with students and with students with special needs. So this is a it's a really huge hit to uh, public education in this province.
0: And how about communication with our students? And I guess it depends on the age, whether or not you're dealing with young elementary school kids or high schoolers. You know, when they say, well, when's school going to be back in, Dad? And and we don't have those answers. Uh, What are you suggesting uh, parents say? Because uh, it's hard to not have the answers to give your uh, students and your kids.
5: It, it is true. And I think, you know, for the most part, people are, are, are expecting that September would be the most likely time. Mm-hmm. But the, the most reassuring thing I think that we can tell our kids and tell each other is that, you know, unlike individual crises, um, you know, like a hurricane or um, an earthquake, is that the entire globe is in the same situation. It's not just Calgary students. It's not just Alberta students, but students across the country and across the world. We are all in this together. And whenever we start back, we will all be at the same place together.
1: I think that's a great reminder because I've heard it from my friends even you know everybody's stressed out I don't know how to teach math to my kid or you know they need help how am I going to do that so I think you know taking a little bit of the stress off is is a great way to start as we all get back to it as our new normal today anyway.
5: Absolutely and it's certainly not a time to sort of um, get an advantage or get a leg up you know I, I was reading tweets yesterday of, of, a, of a, a mom whose partner is also in the healthcare care Uh, Sector. So they are both going out every day, putting their lives on the front lines Mm -hmm. to keep Albertans safe. To add to that stress, coming home and then having to try to teach their kids um, the provincial curriculum is, is, I mean, it's unfair and it's insensitive and it's unnecessary.
0: Thank you so much for your time this morning, Barbara. We appreciate
5: it. I I appreciate your time as well. Be safe out there. Thank you so much.
0: That is Barbara Silva, a Public Education Advocate and Communications Director for Support Our Students, Alberta. COVID-19
1: has forced the cancellation of many groups and meetings in our province. That includes Narcotics Anonymous. So where does that leave the people who depend on those meetings? Joining us is the PR Chair for Narcotics Anonymous. Arash is with us this morning. Hi, Arash.
6: Hi, good morning. How are you?
1: Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to us about just how important physical meetings are for people involved in AA or Narcotics Anonymous.
6: So I will speak on behalf of Narcotics Anonymous. Um, The physical meetings are um, a cornerstone of the program. Uh, It provides a real sense of community to the members who are... You know, one of the key characteristics of this disease is isolation. And uh, many of us who have gone through the horrors of addiction have been isolated for most of our lives. So uh, engaging in the meetings really gives us a sense of community. And in light of COVID-19, we've really lost that now.
0: So what what is the alternative? What are you going to be doing in place of that, Arash? Are they going to be on the online or video conferenced meetings?
6: We're really grateful to live at the age that we do. You know, it, we, we have moved Our meetings online. Um, Most meetings are now being held through a Zoom format, which allows uh, members to access the meetings online. Uh, Another really cool thing that kind of just happened for me was that I get to attend meetings in cities that I don't travel to. So there are meetings available around the clock in all kinds of cities.
1: Well, that's a great thing then. I mean, if if someone's having, you know, a problem and they need to reach out to somebody, there might be a meeting going on in Toronto if that suits their timeline better. That's actually a positive that's come out of such a negative thing.
6: Absolutely. We get to connect with different people, hear different stories. Uh, So there is some silver lining in this. Uh, It obviously does not substitute that cathartic value of really getting to meet Uh, in person because there is also the value that uh, there is a meeting before the meeting and a meeting after the meeting. And this is where the real fellowship, uh, some of the real beauty of the program happens, where we make those real human connections with each other. And we get to make friends and uh, lasting relationships. But this kind of suffices for now.
0: And let's talk about that in the sense that you still have some Conduit to get uh, people together who need the help and uh, how important it is right now because, uh, from an NA standpoint, a time of stress like this, uh, service uh, would be ramped up, I would, uh, or much more in need, I would uh, think.
6: Oh, 100%. The, the, we're living in unprecedented times right now, and the stress of you know uh, economic instability, um, just the general air of fear that's going on, um, can really um, contribute to the Uh, addiction or the disease really flaring up in a lot of people right now and uh, I would really encourage people to uh, look to the online resources uh, before picking up.
1: And if if somebody does need help if they need somewhere to go what's the website what's the best way for them to reach out and get some help right away Arash?
6: So our local website is chinookna.org There is a list of online meetings with detailed instructions on how to access those meetings. Um, There is also na.org, which is the world organization, which will give you a broader list of uh, online meetings. Also on our website, there is a phone number which is the NA helpline. Someone's usually on the other end of the line. And if you don't get through, please leave a message. You will get a call back.
1: I guess that's the message, right? There's help out there. Thanks for joining us, Arash. Appreciate it.
6: Of
0: course. Thank you for taking the time.
1: Arash is the PR chair for Narcotics Anonymous.